Bing had a big week, Edge has a brand new design, and apparently Sony isn't talking to Microsoft. Happy Friday, friends. It is Friday, Friday all day. That is what is today. And uh, hopefully you had a good week because it was really, I never in recent history would have ever said, I think we're going to talk a lot about Bing because Microsoft had a, had a Bing week, if you will. They had a lot going on. There's a lot happening in the world of Xbox and, and Sony and uh, Microsoft. So let's just dive in. One of the new features coming to Windows 11 is with the notifications that pop out when you get a 2FA is now going to have a little button on it that says click to copy to clipboard so that makes it a heck of a lot easier if you use email as your 2fa although you probably should be using a thing like google authenticator microsoft authenticator one of those dedicated apps typically is a better model but if you do get it in your email i think steam likes to do that as well you can just click that little button you'll be able to copy it to your clipboard and it just makes things just a little bit better uh microsoft also announced this week that they are bringing Adobe Acrobat PDF to Edge, and I believe it's just the engine, which is a really interesting thing because for many years, I think it was ended potentially with Windows 7, uh, there was a relationship between Adobe supplying some technology for the browser, and it was always a security nightmare, and here we are again with Adobe providing some technology for the Edge browser and for the PDF specifically, and it should, it should give you a better user experience, but just having Adobe stuff back into a browser just brings up some bold, uh, bad memories. Either way, uh, look out, be on the lookout for that here in the near future. Uh, Microsoft also confirmed this week that a Windows 10 and 11 patch on Tuesday broke direct DirectX apps on Intel hardware. So if you're having an issue with a specific app, you might want to do a rollback of your latest patches. Now, uh, the big thing this week was the Bing AI event. So very clearly, if you've been living under a rock and didn't hear this, Bing is incorporating chat GPT or open AI technology right into the search engine. They had a really sort of, uh, it was an interesting event in Redmond, by the way. So they had people fly in for this event. It was not live streamed and it was just going through using chat GPT or open AI conversational search and contextual information inside of Bing. And this was a really big deal because Bing has just been something, it, it's always felt like Microsoft just launched it many, many years ago. And then it's just sort of been sitting there doing a thing. It's always just been the other search engine. You can use Bing rewards or whatever, but now all of a sudden Bing is back in the spotlight and uh, Microsoft's getting a lot of attention for this because ChatGPT went from zero to a hundred million monthly active users in, in next to no time. I think it's something like two months, maybe three months max something like that, which is an incredible growth. And now Microsoft is on the leading edge of being integrating this into its various services, including Search. We've seen it in Teams. It's expected to come into Word and every other Office app here in the very near future, potentially as early as March. And so Microsoft got a lot of tailwind from this and not just in their stock pricing, but just from a brand reputation. Satya was out doing interviews on the offensive thing. Like it's good to see Google dance in our shadow for once as we continue to push forward with what we believe is the future of, of like, search and everything else. So it was super interesting from that. Now, there's a lot of things that we need to better understand. So there, there's a lot of scary stuff about this as well. And not just the sentient overlord AI is going to come kill us and eat our brains for lunch, which is still a very real probability. But before we get there, we all still got to continue to make a living. And so if you are in the in the publishing space or put anything on the internet and make money from putting things on the internet, like blogs, content, how-tos, tutorials, scripts, anything else like that, this is where it gets really scary because these engines, these chat GPTs, open AIs, these contextual like information chat based search stuff are scraping all your data 
using it in a, a smart way and presenting it to the user all without sending a single person to your website. And if you are depending on advertising to make a living, this gets really scary because they do include a source link. But let's be honest, when was the last time you clicked a source link in a Wikipedia article? Probably not very much. And so there's going to have to be some sort of monetization shift here where these, these crawlers and these AI tools have to start paying at some point, in my opinion, for their knowledge because they're grabbing it for free from these websites and not sending any traffic or any way for those creators to actually continue to supply these great AIs of the cloud with more information. So if you thought it was bad that Google does this little thing where when you search, it just shows the answer right there with a big link at the top. AI, these, these search things are not going to help that situation and they're only going to continue to make it harder for journalism, for just anybody, for game enthusiasts who write blogs and, and posts and try to attract attention and bring people to their own properties. It's going to be tough. Now, it's also going to be exceptionally tough for Google. Google showed off their bard, which as a person named Brad is the worst possible name for their little... Uh, conversational AI thing. They could have named it anything. What happened to the things like, they're Silicon Valley. They're supposed to have fun, fancy-dancy names, and they come out with Bard. But whatever. Uh, it got off to a really bad start. They, I believe their event was in Paris, and actually there was some confusion around their first like marketing shot where it said the James Webb Telescope. I believe the information was that it took the first picture of an exoplanet outside of our solar system, uh, which technic technically was, it, it's Schrodinger's truth, because we have taken pictures of other planets outside of our solar system before with other telescopes. However, what James Webb Telescope did do was a first, but the way that it was presented didn't actually look like it truly was accurate. And so Google found itself on the really wrong end of like, hey, Google showed off an AI and it got the answer wrong to a question. But there was some truth to it. And so it gets a little dicey, but this is the gray area uh, of, of these things. So Either way, it tanked Google's stock price. I mean, they lost it was like $100 billion in market cap, which, again, market cap doesn't mean anything uh, unless you're trying to buy out the company or buy shares for that matter. But that being said, Microsoft was able to capitalize upon this and it's like, look, Google's showing off something over here and it, it may not be presenting accurate information. Meanwhile, we're already in the integration stage with Bing, Teams, and everything else. And so Microsoft has this nice tailwind of being ahead of Google and catching Google, what many of us believe, myself included, off guard with how quickly it went from announcement to integration. But now, Satya did say that they had been starting working on this stuff, but it sounded like back in like June and July timeframe. So this isn't something they saw in October or November. They're like, oh my God, we got to be doing this. And it, this has been building for years and not to mention they've been investing in open AI since I think it was like 2019 somewhere somewhere around there and so Microsoft says that there are 1 million people on the wait list so what happened was is after they announced this Bing chat GPT open AI stuff they said okay some people are going to start to get in they're going to let people in slowly and they said here's a sign up list and last night Yusuf Mahedi from Microsoft said look we have 1 million people on the wait list my question is is that a good number now, I, I'm not saying it's a bad number. I mean, 1 million people are a lot of people, but you have Microsoft, one of the absolute largest companies on the planet. You also have what we know from ChatGPT with 100 million monthly active users and only 1% of that user group that's tech currently using ChatGPT, only 1% signed up for Bing, at least as of right now. So did Microsoft not do a good job marketing it? Is it just not well known enough? No, well known enough? We don't really know, but people, Microsoft was 
was very happy with 1 million people. So maybe that's it. Now, if you look at the app stores, because Microsoft was dangling some carrots that if you sign up for this list and then you go to the app store and download the Bing app and log in with the same account, then you'll get moved up that list. And there's other things that they're doing to gamify, trying to get more people into Microsoft services, which is a good move. Microsoft leveraging its own assets to grow other assets. It's a tale as old as time. But again, 1 million just doesn't, it doesn't feel like a lot for a company that has over a trillion dollar market cap and makes you know, 15 to $20 billion in net income every quarter and all you got was 1 million from your massive Bing event. It just feels like I was expecting more. And maybe, maybe I'm being a little too naive on this. So along with launching all this Bing stuff, Microsoft started to show off. And if you're listening to audio, maybe it's a good time to jump over to the video. Uh, they launched a new interface for edge and this is a pretty big departure from what we've seen from edge now you'll notice like a couple things right away first off the tabs at the top are now more bubbles shaped maybe i i guess tab bubbles what i don't know what the official name we're going to call them are the one thing i will point out and that drives me bonkers is that these tabs do not match the tabs that are in file explorer and they also don't match the tabs that are in notepad so now microsoft continues its rich legacy of having three different styles of the exact same feature across different apps but either way this is potentially the interface that's going to roll out to everybody like it's in the dev channel right now so there might be tweaks or changes the other thing you're going to notice here it's a little bit more prominent on this screenshot is if you look at the top right of the Stardock window here of the web page you'll see that the i call it frame within a frame because it's a rounded edge you can see on the black around this image here like all four corners around it. So it's a, it's a frame within a frame and it's rounded edge. I don't know how I feel about this. It, primarily, it feels like it should just stretch all the way to the edge on the uh, on horizontally. I'm okay with it not going all to the top vertically, but it feels like there's just wasted pixel space on both sides of this window. Like it's just window dressing that could be, if you stretched it all the way to the edge, I think you could leave the rounded corners and it would be a better experience. That's me personally speaking. Um, and then the other big thing you will notice here is that giant big logo in the top right corner that you cannot remove yet my friend you cannot remove it so what this is going to be is like the open ai chat gpt chat widget bing thing when you have access to it so if you click it it opens this thing up and then now it's just built all right into the browser and there you go one other interesting thing to point out is that microsoft is bringing the bing logo back for if you go to bing.com right now it actually called microsoft bing and the bing logo is gone now, maybe they did that because they were going to bring it all in-house for this OpenAI stuff. I don't really know, but either way, this is a really good look at the direction that the browser is heading. I hope that they don't force us to keep that Bing logo on there. Give us a keyboard shortcut that opens it up and allow me to hide that B because it's, I don't know, I don't, I don't like being not in control of my own applications like that, especially, especially the browser, which is so critical. But either way, I, I'd be curious to see what you all think. I don't totally dislike this design i just wish that the the frame within a frame stretched all the way to the edge i think it would just be a little bit better because there's a lot of rounded edges like a lot of rounded edges with this stuff and uh yeah so that's the future of edge that is where microsoft has taken their browser that is getting some getting some market here so either way it's on the dev channel only right now and you can go download it and you'll be able to experience the new the new design if, if that's what you want to do. So uh, that is the big thing also that is making news today on this specific Friday is that remember Microsoft announced layoffs earlier this year. It sounds like the second round has occurred and it appears to impact it. Everybody, uh, GitHub announced that they're cutting 10% of staff. I believe it impacted Surface, uh, specifically on their sales side, I think on the laptops potentially. Uh, Xbox, I think... Uh, it, 
Xbox side got hit, especially a little bit on the publisher side. It doesn't sound like 343, at least yet, has been impacted by this round of cut. It sounds like it, it impacted uh, other part of their publishing ecosystem. And again, it's just a smattering of layoffs across uh, the entire the entire org. So there you go. So uh, on to the gaming news, my friends. So interesting, uh, interesting times again. So we got information out of the UK that says, hey, we're not quite sure that this deal is good for consumers. We think it's actually going to hurt competition in a preliminary statement and blah, 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 blah. Uh, I think most of us are familiar with what this is now at this point. I will point out that they did, they did say that remedies could potentially still allow the UK to approve the transaction, but it was very much a negative tone by all means of the UK CMA saying like, look, we really think this is gonna hurt hurt the consumer at the end of the day and reduce choice. And so we don't think this is a good thing. Microsoft, the only thing, the one thing they did point out that Microsoft could do is actually just, they could buy the Hulk ABK and then they'd have to sell immediately Call of Duty. They have to sell effectively Activision itself, uh, Call of Duty and they went World of Warcraft basically spun out into their own entities or their a grouped entity, but either way, Microsoft shouldn't be able to own them. And that seems like a ridiculous thing. Microsoft's not going to spend $70 billion they then have to turn around and immediately sell Call of Duty. That's not really going to work. The other thing that has been coming out, and it seems like Activision is very much on the offensive these days, and Microsoft as well. Uh, Sony is fighting Microsoft subpoenas in the Activision Blizzard case. Apparently, they keep delaying everything. And now Activision has come out and said, look, Sony is just not even answering emails. Microsoft is being echoing a very similar statement that Sony is just not responding and doing anything, which is interesting from a lot of different scenarios. One, let's just assume that this does go through and fine, whatever. Let's assume that this, pretend that this doesn't go through. All of a sudden, the relationship between Sony and Call of Duty or Activision has now soured. It's definitely soured. And I kind of hope that if it doesn't go through that Microsoft just comes and says, fine, we'll just pay for exclusivity or something like that. Here's $5 billion and we'll just keep going on. And then Sony is found itself in a precarious position because Granted, I get why Sony is doing this because they don't want this to go through. They don't want to be helpful. They don't want to provide information. And apparently it sounds like Microsoft's asking for a lot of information that Sony doesn't want to provide. So uh, still a lot to happen there. There's also a new Xbox wireless controller, the Stellar Shift. It's purple, it's blue for $69.99. You can have it too. I don't know why I did that. But either way, there's a new. it's just a new color, nothing too big. And then there's also rumors floating around that Ubisoft Plus is going to be coming to Game Pass potentially as early as this month whoo that is a that is a nutshell of information my friend that is that is your headlines and your big news and your, your tidbits of the week and so now we jump into the question which we have a fair bit about uh city two cases uh happy valentine's day brad i was like wait a minute i don't know because my wife's home and i don't have a valentine's day, blah, blah. anyways uh it is valentine's week here in the u.s so uh what do you think of netflix new paid sharing plan that just rolled out to canada new zealand portugal and spain so if you're not familiar with this Netflix is really cracking down on the password sharing. They used to say love is sharing a password and now love is really just everybody having their own account and paying it. There's a, cause you can tell what's happened here. What has shifted is that Netflix went from a growth stage to a maturity stage. So if you're familiar with the arcs, they're at the top of the arc or getting close to it. And so growth is a lot harder these days. And so what do you do? You say, well, everybody who's living in, in a world where you can just share passwords and not pay for two accounts, you gotta start paying. And that's how they're trying to juice that extra revenue. Um, I understand why they're doing it. I think their messaging is quite bad and they're making it a little bit convoluted because they're talking about you got to be at your home and you got to log in within 30 days. I think that they, the, I think we all understand why Netflix is doing it. I think that their restrictions came in a little too tough and they needed to be a little bit smarter about their communication because it sounds like that is where things have broken down. Oh, Sonor Largo says, uh, Brad, what do you think 
Do you ever think Microsoft will lighten the system requirements for Windows 11 or even 12 when it comes out? No. Uh, I don't think Microsoft's going to backtrack on any of this stuff. Actually, in so here's, here's the super interesting thing about Windows 12. So Microsoft has these, these things called NPUs. They're only in the Qualcomm-based uh, devices, I believe right now on the Surface side, so the Surface, uh, the, the Surface that runs on ARM, the newest version. I believe starting in 2024, all Surface devices are gonna have these NPUs in some shape or form and allow their compute, their AI function, their focus. And so this is gonna be Microsoft's marketing message, I think for Windows 12. It's like, hey, Windows 12 with AI designed and optimized for AI or something like that and they're gonna make look all of our surface devices that are coming out have these mpus and windows 12 lights up that experience with the npu and you should get an npu for your machine so anyways nutshell version look for all services devices to have an npu uh, look for windows to potentially really start pushing that now the big trillion dollar question it's not a trillion dollar question is is windows 12 going to require an npu that would be insane because nobody has npus right now and maybe they sell them as a dongle as a pci express card we don't really know but i bet that maybe it's not out of the box because that would really limit who can do it now that being said oems would be foaming at the mouth if you will uh graphic little imagery there oems would be like yes please do that because we'll ship everything with an mpu next year if that's the requirement for windows 12 and we will sell a boatload of things and it will be better and so i don't i don't foresee microsoft lightening up the requirements for windows 11 i think that they're just going to stick with where they're at and at this point in the life cycle what are they going to gain okay we got somewhere market share but we gave up on our principles here you go uh, Cadgart says, uh, being if being uh, he's a Chiefs fan, so maybe I shouldn't read this question. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Bengals lost in the Chiefs. Uh, let's assume that the ABK thing will go through. I think Phil at one point said he would like to bring back old Blizzard IPs. Are there any you would like them to bring back? Oh, to Xbox, man. I. I <laughs> Anything from my childhood, I think, is the best way to describe it. Like, I mean, I've been playing a lot. Like, if you go load up my Xbox right now, what are the two games that I've played the most uh, recently? Age of Empires 2, which is a childhood game, and GoldenEye. Those have been... I mean, Warzone's in there pretty high because I play with my friends. But when I'm playing by myself, it's either GoldenEye right now or Age of Empires 2. So anything from that time frame, I would probably insta-download, I think, is uh, is probably what I would love to see them bring back. I know they've got, what is it, like Pitfall from like way back in. That's a little bit before my time, but anything from like the late 90s to like the 2004 time frame, like that is like the golden area of my childhood. And so... Yeah, anything from that time frame. The Joe Finn says, it seems like Tiny 11, so Tiny 11 is a modified, slimmed down version install of Windows 11 has had a bit of momentum lately. What are the chances are Microsoft going to make an official Windows Nano or something? I'd pay for it. I bet they don't. I mean, what's the point? So there's an enthusiast market for something like this, but you can clearly see Tiny 11 already has the capacity to do it. And Microsoft doesn't really sell Windows 11, right? You technically can go buy Windows 11, so I shouldn't say that. But... 99% of people get it when they buy a new machine, right? And so I don't think Microsoft would ever sell that. It's just more overhead and more work for them to do. Not to mention it goes against the narrative of what Windows 11 is. I mean, can you imagine the marketing? is like Windows 11 is great. It gets all this free stuff. Okay, we also sell Tiny 11, which gets rid of all the bloatware and crap that we actually shove into Windows 11. So you can buy that one instead if you really want. I don't, I don't think Microsoft's going to do it. Mr. PKI coming in with two questions, but they're separated by another question. So let's just dive in. Is there any hope remaining for the Activision acquisition or is it time to bail and move on? I think there's still hope. I think the big, the big hammers will come from the EU. I think, 
I think we'll first hear the big hammer come from the EU. That's the first one. The second one would be the FTC. But I think if the EU comes out and says, absolutely no way you can get this done, then I think Microsoft would be in serious uh, consideration to walk away. Uh, Bryson Harvey says, how much AI can Microsoft cram into Windows? We're going to find out. You don't have to wait long, I don't think. Uh, and where would it be most useful? Where would it be most useful and least useful? Well, I can probably almost guarantee you that Microsoft is going to shove it on the taskbar. So that is probably where you're going to find it. That's what Microsoft loves to do because that's what Microsoft does. And if you did, you're saying, Brad, no, they won't. They just shoved a chat application that zero people use. I'm not saying it's a bad chat app. It's visually appealing, but nobody's using Teams Consumer at any meaningful scale. I know there are people who use it, but Skype still has a stronger active user base. And that would have made more sense. But either way, I expect them to shove it onto the taskbar. Uh, where would it be least useful? Potentially also on the taskbar. <laughs> because if they don't like, oh God, like the, the thing that just jumped into my head is like, what if Microsoft doesn't let you remove it? What if it's just like the Bing bar thing? And like Bing, I keep wanting to say Bing bar. I'm like Bing bong, like a doorbell. But what if they don't let you remove it? That would be, that would be insane. But I don't know, they, they might do it. And then Mr. PKI ending it this week, he says, what are you going to start writing? Oh, when are you going to start writing the SAMS report using chat GPT? You know, I, I transparently have never actually tried because the way I organize my notes, it's a lot of headlines and there's actually a ton of color. Uh, so I use Notion. And if you do a Notion slash and you type like red, blue, green or whatever, uh, I do... I color code things, I'm not even making these up, by the tone of the headline because sometimes it's hard to read things on the fly. So if it's a negative tone, it's colored in red. If it's a positive tone, it's colored in green. If it's a neutral tone, then it's colored in blue. And it's very organized that way to keep some inflection points throughout the, the monotone that is already of this podcast. And so I don't think ChatGPT can quite do that yet. Maybe I could be surprised, although Notion has their own quote-unquote AI built into it. Everybody's got their AI. That's the new thing. And I'll tell you what, AI is being oversold in a million different ways. I 100% agree that. But you know what? I appreciate it so much more than the metaverse conversation. I don't need floating head avatars with no legs. I don't need another animated face. What I need are productivity tools. Metaverse, in my opinion, not productivity. AI at least has productivity value. So there you go. Uh, maybe one day I'll try to do a whole video written by ChatGPT called the Sam's GPT or something like that. Who knows? Maybe this is uh, AI already and I was ahead of the curve. Maybe you ever consider that one? Well, the only thing you should consider is keeping it subscribed here because the only BS on this podcast is me.